This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. Aaron Rodgers, I'm told, has received permission to speak with the Jets. According to my sources. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know. Aaron and the Jets. Could be a thing pretty soon, Greg. They're getting pretty excited, it sounds like, in New York about number 12 maybe being their quarterback. Yeah, leading him to a sub-500 record. That's going to be great for the New York Jets. That'd be wow. great, not big winning the big games when it really counts. Yeah, no, they're looking forward to it. But MVP they'll sell regular season, not during the postseason. <laughs> That's good stuff. You know, and people seem to forget, and I feel like if you're hanging on to the past, you are not clearly seeing the future here, right? You see a four-time MVP, and you think, what, four-time MVP? Why yeah. would you trade that? Well, it, because... Because four times an MVP, he's a little removed from that. I get it. Two years ago was two years ago, but last year was also more recent, and I don't think he played well last year. That's been the sticking point for me. Money versus performance. The juice is not worth Mm -hmm. the squeeze. As for this meeting with the Jets, Rodgers, who knows what he thinks and how he feels it went. ESPN's Diana Rossini clearly hearing from the Jets that things went pretty well. There is optimism in the New York Jets building today. It actually started before that trip to the West Coast to meet Aaron Rodgers in person. This was all driven by owner Woody Johnson. He wanted to get in front of the quarterback, get to know him a little bit, and talk about what it could be, what it could look like, and what they could achieve with Aaron Rodgers under center in New York with this Jets roster. So they went in there thinking they could get him, and they came home believing they are poised to get him, and they feel like they can get this done. Now look. This is Aaron Rodgers. He takes his time. He thinks things through. He likes to think outside the box. He could wake up today and say he doesn't want to play football anymore. He could retire. But in terms of the Jets side of this, the New York Jets feel good that Aaron Rodgers could be their quarterback this season. I just can't find a way where Aaron Rodgers plays quarterback for the Packers, nor can I find a way that Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco plays quarterback for the Jets. Both teams have shown their cards here. Packers are comfortable moving on from yep. Aaron Rodgers and the idea he won't start for them next year. And the Jets are clearly going all in and rolling out the red carpet for the quarterback they desire. You have to believe that Woody Johnson has said to his front office staff, we want that guy, that's our guy, get it done. Go to the Packers and work this out and get it done. I would be very curious what head coach Robert Sala feels. I'd be very curious what the GM for the New York Jets feels. And I'd be really curious to hear what Nathaniel Hackett feels. Well, yeah. Hackett probably wants him, right? He, he and Hackett are close. Yes. Why wouldn't Hackett want him? Especially Hackett's not the guy that has to be the GM. So, yeah, bring, bring my guy in. Well, they entertained Derek Carr before they yep. met with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe they didn't take Derek Carr in part because they really wanted Aaron Rodgers. Right. So timeline is a big deal, right? That's the next thing. Everybody wants to know when. When will we hear from Aaron? Well, we had heard from the Packers a year ago today, a year ago yesterday, I should say, about a new contract. You're not going to hear about a new contract, I don't believe, although the Packers could restructure a contract before they trade him. If you trade Rodgers before June 1st, it's a bigger price tag to figure out what happens with all that money. It would cost the Packers more. If you do it after June 1st, The Packers could be on the hook for a little bit less money, but I think you'd understand the framework of a deal to be in place, though not official, before the league year begins. So could they actually announce, would this violate a league rule? You announce, we are trading him. 
But we're waiting until June 1st. But here's exactly what we're doing, or does that violate the spirit of the law? Are they not allowed to do that till June 1st, like talk about it that publicly? I don't think anything would be official from the teams until after June 1st, unless, of course, uh, there was a restructuring of the contract and the current contract is thrown away somehow, some way, which could potentially happen. The money aspect of this is very interesting. Who pays what? Are the Packers on the hook for some? Do the Jets take some? How is it split over how many years? Like, that's the complicating factor, I think, in it all. And that's been done in baseball before, as we know. Do you think now, when we were making the dating analogies before, so he's obviously being wooed, like he's got his steady relationship, and then he's got the flattering, hey, we're going to come all the way across the country and see you and get together. Do we think at all that he will now walk away from anything? I think there was a, a concern after the Heidi Hole Hobbit hideaway do we think he at all that retirement's on the table? That's a really good alliteration. I still don't believe it is, although I do. I, I would really like him to retire, so John has to eat the I, paper. I have the paper right here. I'm telling you again, he is not retiring, or I eat this whole thing. I, I want to see that. Um, I'd just be very curious to <laughs> watch make that make excellent play video. Sure. I, I'm still in the camp. I'd be very surprised if he retired. Uh, although Aaron's been a historically very challenging person to figure out. With regard to some of his decisions, <laughs> that's such a nice way to put Enigma. it. So, I, it, right? I mean, it's just he's, he's it's not easy to get inside the mind of Aaron oh. Rodgers. It's just not, and that's why everybody you're listening to say, "Well, it's Aaron." So who knows? Yeah, he might yeah. just say, "Nope, I'm done." The bigger thing to me will be is if somehow he ends up back with the Packers, could he potentially end up being a backup to Jordan Love? Oh my gosh. That's remarkable to think about. Because <laughs> I mean, that could be the thing the Packers say. Wow. Well, fine, you come back. We're, we'll pay yeah. you all the money. Like we're going to pay money to quarterbacks anyway, yeah. but we're going to start this guy. Wow. All right. Up next, what do you consider debt? When you think about whether you're carrying debt around, credit cards, right? That's for sure. That's the first thing people think about. Would you consider yourself to be in debt because you have a mortgage, or in debt because you have a car payment? And how much debt does the average American carry around if you include those things? That's up next on WTMJ. I owe more debts than I ever can pay back, more money than I'll ever see. An interesting survey from NerdWallet on debt. Um, This is pretty interesting stuff. So what would you consider debt? If I were to ask you, do you have debt? And people don't have credit card debt. Most of them proudly say, no, I don't have any debt. But if you own a house or a car and they're not paid off, you really kind of do have debt. Yeah, because it's not fully yours. You don't right. own it outright. Right. Money I, that I owe is debt. Yep. I don't there think about it that I've never thought about it that way till today when I spent today thinking about it. I always thought, I don't have credit card debt. I don't owe anybody money. I'm not paying 19% on anything. So I kind of thought, I don't really have debt. I mean, I guess I do. I have a car payment and I have mortgage. But yeah, that's debt, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's well, debt, but so, it's different kind of debt. Right. It's debt that's not as bad, right? It's a more positive connotation on your house debt because you don't have 19% interest, at least right. not yet anyway. I'm paying 2.5% on that. I mean, right now especially, I couldn't get that money to work. Right. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't I make that payment on that big investment rather than pay it off? But you and I... Greg, we're having this discussion. We have a different view on this because we've both refinanced several times. I'm at 2.5% of my mortgage on my house here, and that's after refinancing. I'm not exaggerating, maybe four or five times. But each time I've refinanced, I've decided to still go back to 30 years and kind of reset it so that I keep my payment really low. 
You've handled it different when you've refinanced. Right. So I, I look at, I, I don't view our home debt as a negative debt, but it is something I'm interested in, in paying off. So my mind does not allow me to go from a 30-year term, paying off two, three, four years, then refinancing, and then going back to 30 years. Even though I feel like my, my payment is getting lower, the amount I'm owing in interest is getting higher, and I'm never whittling, I'm never really whittling down my principal because of the amount of interest I'm paying. So I, if I refinance, I'm going to go to a term lower, right? So I'm going to go 30, I'm going to pay three, four years, then I'm going to try and do 20. And if rates get back great again in the next year or so, I might look at a 15. Like, I'm interested in getting that over with, but I don't want to put an extra cent toward it because I also have a 2.5% interest rate. So I'm comfortable with that level of debt, but it's still hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Does it make you anxious? It doesn't. It, it, it really doesn't. I, I would be yeah, more either. nervous about, you know, not being able to pay off a $4,000 credit card bill because I know what kind of interest Absolutely. that's going to be yeah. and how that affects my credit report and mm-hmm. things like that would make me a little more anxious. Than and I know the equity I have in my house. And I know when I sell that thing, I'm going to make a ton of money. When you're carrying credit card debt, there's no positive there at all. There's no equity. You're not building anything. You're paying 20% now with what the Fed has done. Um, Credit but, cards have always been yeah, in terrible, that 19 bad. to 23 <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So with what the Fed has done, the average person now that has $2,000 on their credit card went from paying on interest, if they don't pay it off, in the average year, went from paying $1,100 to $1,400, just with what's happened with interest rates, if you do nothing different. Uh, I just bought a new car, and I bought a new car not that long ago. Two years ago, I bought a new car before the Fed raised all the interest rates. Mm-hmm. And I was paying like 2% on the car. Now, because of what the interest rates have done and my credit score hasn't changed at all, it's like 5.5%. That's a huge difference in my payment. So I put more money down because I wanted to manage the monthly payment and get paid sooner. But, boy, everything is different now because of what's going on with the Fed. On the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, 414 agrees with you. I count debt as anything I'm paying off that doesn't appreciate. So basically, the only debt I'm not concerned with is appreciating assets. No debt on cars or credit cards. Refinancing home back into a 30-year mortgage every time is a backwards move. So it, the, the car thing is really interesting because I have a low rate for the car that we recently purchased from Holiday a couple of years ago. And... I didn't feel the need to put all the money down. I didn't feel the need to just pay it off right mm-hmm. away or try and accelerate a payment because, again, our, our interest rate is really low. Now, that's a depreciating asset. But, like, somewhere in my mind, I feel like, well, instead of, you know, just, just paying this off, can I, can I get that money to work for me a little better? So my, my mind usually believes that, yes, I can do a little bit better than a couple and a half percent on my money in the market. Now, that could be a little hit or miss, depending the the week, the month, the quarter, the year. But that's how my mind works. I can do more with this to make money that I don't feel the need to just put it all toward a depreciating asset. And see, I'm so simple. I'm like, oh, I'd just rather have it paid off. Yes, and it's a wonderful feeling. But I don't know that that that. builds my wealth, but it certainly relieves my overwhelm and anxiety. It's like, okay. And if you feel good about that, then that's what matters. Um, So I found this stat interesting, too. So of people that have credit card debt, so if you look at the whole pool of people that have some credit card debt, the average amount of credit card debt is $18,000. That is a big number. $18,000 is the average with the interest rates we were just talking about. 
That's, wow, that's a lot of money. And it's mostly people who make households that make less than $75,000 a year are the predominant ones that have that sort of debt. They're having a hard time now because of what's happening in the world, paying their bills. And so they're accumulating more debt. Seven in 10 Americans have concerns about whether they'll be able to buy groceries and necessities in the next 12 months. That is a big number. 70% of Americans. And so what do they do? Put it on their credit card. Yeah. Some of them have to. I'd be curious to know the, the schools of thought, John, because we're, we're so different in how we attack a house. You know, if, if all things are equal with the value of our house, yeah. how many years we have on it, our interest payment, and we had an opportunity to refinance, I would likely go down to 20 years. You would go back up to 30. Yep. You would have more cash flow in a given month. I would be paying thousands and thousands less in interest. Yep. But you don't have as much of an interest in paying off your house. I am interested in that, but I'm not going to be in a rush. I'm not going to add money to my payment. So last time, we got to get out of here, we're late, but last time we refinanced, I made the conscious decision to go back to 30 years and then opened up a new Ameritrade account and put $1,000 a month in there. Sure. So instead of having a 20-year deal and less debt on my house, I thought, well, I can take the money I saved and instead make it work in the market. Now, the market the last year has been terrible, but historically, that's kind of what I said. Uh, yeah, I think it's just philosophy. Is it really a right or a wrong For answer? Sure. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. So American Airlines is going to do what Delta just did. That is pay their pilots a buttload of money. American Airlines says their pilots will get a 40% raise in a new deal that the airline has struck with the Pilots Union. A 40% raise. Last week, Delta gave their guys a 34% raise. They have 15,000 pilots. The numbers here, the real numbers, aren't the percentage. It's what that means the actual number are, and these are unbelievable. I was very surprised. I don't know what I kind of thought. Me too. But that's why I mentioned it to you guys. I was like, hey, how, how much do you think? A, pl- a pilot makes and Greg. What'd you guess? Like a like one hundred and forty thousand? I think yeah, I was way off. I think I said one hundred. I made up a number. One hundred forty six thousand eight twelve is the. You were good to play along, like prices, right? Fun. I appreciated yeah, that. Right. Yeah, I would have thought two hundred at the most. At and the no, most, and knowing what they're responsible for, hundreds of bodies flying through the sky at thousands of feet. You know, sure, multiple times. Yep. Yeah, and and you're trusting this person to be spot on. $590,000 a year is now what pilots can make what? at Delta and American. Now, is that like the longest tenured, or is this sort it, of it must closer be at the top to an end average? of a senior It's captain. the most senior captain, okay. so it's their top of the top. But if that's the top of the top... Yeah, the floor's not bad either. The floor ain't bad either. <laughs> right. you're, not you're not eating macaroni and cheese, even if you're at the floor on that tree. <laughs> So I, so that's to make it competitive, and I'm curious. I don't know that my <laughs> research is, is solid, but I did do some sniffing around, and I don't know a Southwest Airlines pilot, but, you know, you're going for, to yeah, the budget I do. airlines. I told you, I do. I know a captain. I know I know a senior captain at Southwest but Airlines. But you weren't comfortable to ask him for his W-2, so yeah. I get that. I totally right. get that. That, that could uh, encroach upon the friendship. But in the research I did, it looks like a new first officer would make about $53,000 but their senior captain at Southwest could make 200,000. So I am I am all on board with this by the way. I it's great. I was just more surprised about the numbers. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I got saying, no problem either. I am yeah. too. I and I think it, it's to your yeah. point. I mean, it, not that I envision pilots in the same sort of stratosphere as astronauts, but it is a very special and unique skill and not a lot of people can do it. 
Right? And you're I tr- just... Yeah, you're putting all your trust in, in oh, this yeah. person There's and their risk, co-pilot. And, liability. And, I mean, right? their their job is more important than an astronaut's job. It's up there with We're surgeon. We're up there flying you... with them. I'm never flying with an astronaut. <laughs> but it's up there with surgeon if you yes, think about it. It's I agree. The science and the check and the double check with the team and, and knowing precise things. Hours of training mm-hmm. and schooling and time in the air. And you know why this will not be an issue? Because people vote with their pocketbook. Airlines are more packed than ever before, even with the rising prices that we're all paying. Every single airplane, if you've flown lately, there's no empty seats. There might be a handful of empty seats. Every plane is packed, and that's with airfare up 29.7% from a year ago. And every seat is packed. So they can afford to do this because we're continuing to pay it. People vote with their pay, with, with their pocketbook. So if you don't want them to make this kind of money, which, by the way, I have not a problem with either, <laughs> then don't fly. Well, don't worry. The government will likely support the airline business yet again, as they typically do. So that way business continues and tourism continues. Yeah, but I mean, right now we are paying these airfares. You know how airfares will go down? People stop flying. That's how airfares will go down. Why would they lower airfares? If I were them, I'd be raising a 10% every month until there are less people flying. Supply and demand. Exactly. Exactly. That is a big number. What these mega salaries to pay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if you know a pilot uh, for Delta or uh, American, let them buy dinner next time. Yeah, right. And then you got flight attendants who we read a couple months ago aren't even getting paid to start their shift until the airplane's in the air. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so no, that's they, true. As soon as the door closes, that's when yeah. they start to get paid. Yeah. That don't they, don't they have a right. union? I feel like they should have a union yeah. fighting for them. They need a better union. And I think we also on TV just a couple of days ago that goofball who had a half of a spoon and went nuts on the yeah, that was crazy. plane <laughs> and was trying to attack flight attendants yeah. like, oh. That's a tough job. Up next, we dive into Robin Voss saying that he doesn't think that the stadium money for the Brewers is a good idea. And Charles Benson, chief political reporter at TMJ4, also is looking at how folks in our neck of the woods feel about Aaron Rodgers' prospects for coming back. CV is with us live up next. Charles Benson anchors the news at TMJ4. He's also the chief political reporter, and he is with us this afternoon. Hello, Charles. Good afternoon. Wanted you to weigh in on Aaron Rodgers, because you did a little bit of research and talked to a bunch of folks. Well, we were up in Green Bay. We were on Aaron Rodgers' watch yesterday. And anytime you go up to Green Bay, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, you know, I tell people my two passions in life are politics and Packers. But when it comes to being a Packers or telling stories about the Packers, I feel like I'm a fan who gets to be the reporter to ask the questions. And uh, so we were up there. But the, one of the things I did is I went on Twitter. I was trying to get some ideas on what people thought of this uh, situation unfolding right now around Aaron Rodgers. And I just simply said, you know, what do you think? Stay in Green Bay, leave Green Bay, or retire. Now, I know it's unscientific, right? This is not some sort of Charles <laughs> Franklin poll here, right? But I got about 750 votes on this thing, and I was really surprised that leave Green Bay came in at around 59%. Retire wow. was number two at 25%. Yeah, so it really kind of huh. surprised me. And I even kidded online, and I don't know if Greg's there with you, but I'm like, is this Packer? I mean, is this uh, Bears and Vikings fans just messing with us? Because if there's anybody who really wants him to go, it would be Vikings and Bears fans, right? No, and I don't think uh, there might be some, but I, I think the, the fan sentiment, I think right now, Charles, is that the majority of fans are cool with Aaron Rodgers playing for another team next season. 
it, it seems like, you know, it, it's hard to find. So I think it's easier to go on Twitter to say that. It was harder to get people to go on camera mm. to say that, especially in Green Bay. That's really interesting, you know, and it's so different. We all covered the Favre saga, too. And Packer fans seem to be more upset when Ted Thompson decided to cut Favre loose. Exactly. People wanted yeah, Favre comp- to stay. They want him to retire a Packer like Bart Starr did. And doesn't, Charles, this feel so much different with the Rodgers saga? It does. Completely. And I'll tell you, I'll never forget August seventh, two 2008. Uh, that's the day Favre got traded and he goes to the Jets. And for some reason, I ended up being the guy that they said, Charles, go to Cleveland why Cleveland? The Jets were playing that night. Greg, do you remember huh. this? The Jets are playing that night in Cleveland. I don't even know who they were playing. They sent me to Cleveland. This was the most fascinating 24 hours of my <laughs> life. Again, because I'm a Packers fan. I just, you know, and yeah. who didn't love Favre? Uh, so they sent me there. He's going to hold a news conference there. All right. And there's all these big, you know, uh, support, uh, big sports reporters there and all, and I'm just like this one guy there, and I get the first two questions to Favre at this New York Jets news conference. <laughs> I mean, the Jets had to be furious at me because I'm like asking these questions. Well, you said you'd be a Packer for life. What would you say to fans? <laughs> you know, and it really was this sort of remarkable moment. And then pretty much I expected to be yanked out of that news conference. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we can it see all happening, right? Aaron gets traded to the Packers, and then, I don't know, he decides to step away from football, saying, I'll retire. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings say goodbye to Kirk Cousins. Aaron all of a sudden gets an inch to play, and then oh, oh he ends up with the Vikings. Well, and I thought it was funny, because Andrew Brandt, isn't he like a big uh, guy that kind of follows? Yeah, and yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah the guy. salary so cap he- guru. Yeah, so he had a funny tweet today. Tweet today said something about like, just can't wait to hear about the Jordan Love New York Jets story yep. in twenty thirty eight. Exactly. Like Followed the trend. Hey Charles, I want to ask you about exactly. another story that's sure. in the news yeah. related to sports, and you covered the building of what was then Miller Park, and now there's a fight brewing over sure. financing Let renovation and maintenance for American Family Field. Robin Voss comes out today and says Governor Evers' plan that he presented is basically dead. But I'm open to something, maybe. Where where does this end up? How does this play out? So I think there's going to obviously be some kind of compromise here. You know, in simplicity, Evers' term says, here's one-time money. Go invest it. This is the last time we're going to give you money. Cut a deal. Keep the brewers here. And I think Voss is saying, you know, let's try to see if there's something else that maybe there's some more uh, ownership in here with other uh, players, uh, mainly Milwaukee, because Milwaukee is the bigger benefit here. Uh, is there something around some other formula that gets them to the same spot but just looks different? That's what I think could potentially happen here. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch, Charles. You see hurt feelings all the time in politics. You've been doing this for quite some time. What do you make of Robin Voss continuing to say that he's upset that he wasn't part of the conversations from the beginning? Um, you know, it, it surprises me that it, you know, that there was zero conversation because it was sort such an important topic. But you know, in these politics that been going on, but especially Voss versus Evers, Evers versus Voss, uh, they do find a way at the end to get there. So I think some of this is just naturally playing out when you look at just how the two see things and want to sort of get things done their way. Do you predict he's going to find a way to oh. have some of that surplus money 
go towards. And so the surplus money. So what's interesting about the surplus money is that it's you know it's one time money. It sort of you know gets it uh, into the realm of helping the brewers without bonding, without getting a, you know sort of additional costs. So that's why I'm going to look closely at Voss's uh, proposal here. What is it that makes it simple? And uh, is it really going to be to that amount, or does there have to be some other buy-in here on the brewer's part of this deal, even though it's kind of spelled out in the lease on what the responsibility is for the stadium district? So I do think it's going to be, uh, let's throw out some other ideas. He's talking about the Bucks deal and how that came together. So there was some money there from the state, some money there from Milwaukee, and then a surcharge on tickets. So he seems to like that deal because it has other options. TMJ4, chief political reporter. we got to let you go. you got to be on the news here in just yes. about two minutes. Charles, thank you very much. Take care. Charles Benson.